All right. In 2020, four friends decided to listen to every one of the greatest 500 albums as decided by Rolling Stone magazine. This resulted in a text chain that celebrated the music, excoriated the order, and led us to making this podcast. We are far from experts, and we promise to do almost no research. All opinions are our own, unless you disagree. Please sit back and enjoy. Beck did it better. We are all the way up to album 33, Back to Black by Amy Winehouse. Guys, you know, it is, we are getting close to summertime. Okay. We've already been talking short shorts. All right. I've been wearing less shirts just in general. It's not a big deal, <laughs> but we are ready. So we need to keep an eye out. Okay. Or possibly an ear to the ground uh, for the song of the summer. And you know what? I think I found it. I mean, this is not what he planned to say. That was just off the cuff, that glass, that funny glasses story. So I can hardly wait to see what his actual plan story is. Always trying to make Aaron mad, but he says, oh, no, no. No, no. <laughs> then Rob goes on and on about the dumb thing Aaron's done. He laughs, oh, ho, ho. Shut up. Rob's always talking smack, but Aaron never, ever claps back. We're always trying to make Aaron mad. He says, oh, no, no. no, no. Aaron, shut up. And making fun of Aaron, Aaron I'm pro. Aaron, you stole the words out of nobody's mouth. I even made his own segment in the show. But there's nothing, there's nothing that gets really under his but I'll still what, try to get those insults in. Yeah. <laughs> keep making fun of his dumbass. You piece of shit, Rosie. <laughs> but he just keeps doing his dumbass laugh. We're always trying to make Aaron mad, but he says, oh, no, no. And guess no. what, Aaron? You were right. That story. Funny as shit. Holy cow. <laughs> <laughs> when you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time. Awesome. But you're just too I'm going to edit it. You guys can hear it. It's just a clip after me. Clip. Say it here. Shut up. Like, if you want to hear from guys who chat and then they get off I was trying to find clips of me being the air and I literally fucked too many. I've got the perfect podcast I couldn't tell if you were telling you why to shut up while the song was going or if it was a recording. I know. I have that saved. We can play it anytime. All right, everybody. Welcome to Beck Did It Better. We're talking about the top albums on the roll. Listen, I did it in the intro. You heard it already. But we're all the way up to album 33. We're talking about Amy Winehouse, Back to Black. Wait, am I supposed to play the song again? I'm all confused. I'm in a loop now. I feel like I'm in looper for sure. Uh, wait, here's a younger version of me. Are you here to kill me? Wait a minute. You want to kiss? Okay, I'll do that too. It's uh, not the version I remember. But why that actually, I got to stop for a second. That does not make sense. Why would the younger version come see the older version of me to kiss? That's the best stuff. For that, maybe for that sweet mustache you got. I and, how, and how did all the versions get stuck in the dryer is the real question. Did you say versions or virgins? Um, <laughs> Because that gave me an idea for a Google search later tonight. Now, here's the thing. Is that when I was younger, was I into DILFs? Yes, I was. So I could see where I would be looking for me. I think that's okay. Uh, that's Dad's. I like the here. So here's the thing. Okay, you can see it on my tattoo as well. Uh, we've got three guys here who wish this album was called Back to Snack. I'm sorry. I didn't have much time to get ready for this show. Uh, I Matt, snacks. I agree with that. You're right, Rob. When you just go dirty right away, these shows are so much better. You should <laughs> never try to go clean ever again. Rob's right. Scrap that idea. All Rob's right. right. <laughs> so are we uh, now I've got, I've got to move around. It's hard. Uh, so uh, I've got three guys here who wish the album was called back. To, uh, what am I doing? I'm a mess. I've got Matt in Minneapolis. Matt, how are you doing? 
Excellent, Rob. Thanks for having me. Fun as always to be here. Love that energy. I've got Aaron out in California. Aaron, how are you doing? I'm great. I hope this show is good enough to make my buzzer go, but that could be a mess in the garage. I don't like it when you say that. Uh, I got <laughs> Russ in Minnesota. Russ, how are you doing? Rob, you called on Aaron and Matt before me. What kind of fuckery is this? I can't believe you guys made me miss the slick rig gig for this podcast. <laughs> Topical. Slick Rick, you guys made me miss it for this podcast. Ooh, slick Rick. Lottie, Lottie. We like the party. I always love Slick Rick because I loved his I loved his sound of him rapping. It just always sounded so like smooth. Like he was he didn't even care about it at all. And then he was just cause trouble. Yeah. Don't bother nobody. And then it always seemed to me unfair because he was with Dougie Fresh. And I was like, Dougie Fresh is working like ten times as hard as Slick Rick is. Slick Rick is just doing like, hey everybody, I'm here to party. And Dougie Fresh is like, oh, oh, oh. And that was my beatbox. And it feels even more appropriate that I didn't try very hard to do a good job. All right. So everybody is staring at me. So that means it is time to move on to our Rob, next... are you the main host or not? Oh, yeah. I am the main host. And I'm here in the greatest city in the world, New York City. The greatest city in the world. Listen, let's get right so to our voicemail. Go. Kiss my ass. Dumb shit listeners. They can't even tell what we're doing. <laughs> oh, no. They're back? God, they're back? Dumb shits. They're just the dumbest of the dumb. <laughs> the dumbest of the dumb. <laughs> Hey, gentlemen, this is a close personal relative of Aaron's. I felt compelled to call in. Uh, I was texting Aaron yesterday trying to identify one of the ingredients in the Vietnamese noodle soup pho. Uh, He identified the ingredient as anise, uh, actually star anise. And then he proceeded to tell me that he's allergic to anise. uh, What kind of fuckery is this? What kind of fuckery is this, Aaron? Which means you're allergic to it. Um, so, you know, just wanted to let you guys know that Aaron did tell me that his face gets all red, itchy, and blotchy anytime he eats anise. You gotta shave beforehand, Aaron. <laughs> what the fuck? You gotta watch out for pink eye, too. So, you know, while the rest of us are out enjoying anise eating season, not worrying about it, you know, Aaron actually cannot eat anise. And so... <laughs> Aaron's rolling going is completely what the fuckery right now. <laughs> the pregnant pauses are great. Though. I've never heard Rob be this silent on the podcast. There's no way we've ever got eight, 18 seconds without Rob grabbing it. I've got to admit, I laughed about this for about 10 minutes when I heard it the first time. So it's kind of not funny to me anymore. I, and I, in fact, I don't think there is an anise eating season. Like I, I also don't enjoy anise, Aaron. I'm not allergic to it. I don't like it. But I've always thought maybe I just tried the wrong anise, you know, because it always, to me, that anise always tastes like black licorice. And I'm wondering if maybe it's prepared a different way. Maybe I'd like anise more. I don't know. Let's keep listening. So I just thought that it was, it was good information for you guys to have. Love the podcast. Um, you know, happy to be able to call in and let you know that Aaron uh, is unable to eat anise due to an allergy, uh, which, which flares up when he eats anise. Thanks for everything, guys. You really need to get that checked out, Aaron. <laughs> The uh, the the truth of the matter is I he's I he, the 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 caller is trying to set me up for this. What? But I'm gonna set just I'm gonna what? go with it. For I, eating anise? I can eat anise. Ooh, I can't oh, yeah. cook it. The thing that happened mm-hmm. is that we tried That's cooking food at home. <laughs> yeah. And when no kink shaming. We, no kink no. shaming. <laughs> Rule number one. That's true. We did have a written agreement. There would be no kink shaming on this podcast. You know, that in my relationship, in my marriage, we tried Anna's too. And it did turn out that the cook was too big. 
So I don't know. Maybe you need to add some more. I don't know. Olive oil or something. Maybe that'll help. That'll help with your anus. Is that a possibility? (laughs) Yeah, the truth of the matter is. Do you ever think, Aaron, it could have been something you were eating with the anus? The anus that that gave you the reaction? Latex Mm -hmm. or something? I'm not. Yeah, I have. I. It's been a while now since I tried. Uh, but again, uh, it was more that in cooking it, uh, my face turned all red and blotchy, and I even had to uh, douse my face in milk to try to fix it. Side note: my son thinks this is a hilarious uh, story. Well, I'm sure, so he does I think I'm sure he does. Story. Yeah, he really thinks that's funny. That's that's good. You know, he's one of our top listeners. Actually, he he. I think he might have sent in that voicemail. Actually. I cut out that part at the beginning where you said, I'm actually Aaron's son. And again, I cannot remember the name of your kid, so that's not going to affect uh, the joke at all. But so, so uh, shut up for a second. First of all, that is very funny. That voicemail was very good. Second of that's all, one of our better I'm not ever. letting you just go by by saying you doused your face in milk and then I'm not going to talk about that. So what exactly do you mean you doused your face in milk? Did you pour milk on your face or did you make a bowl full of milk and then put your face into it or what? I think I, yeah, I think I made a bowl full and dunked it. So uh, yeah. We tried now, to make why, pho now at why home. did you do that? That's a very dumb thing to do. Why did you do that? Because my face felt terrible. We tried to make foot at home. Mm-hmm. I don't, which I don't recommend. Like just, just go out to eat foot. Don't try to make it at home. No, they, I, like, I and I love to be, be honest. Idea. I love pho. You Me know too. What I mean, like I, I think it's so good. It's delicious. You, you probably don't need to go out to have the anise, though, do you? You could probably just no, stay at home for that. For that, oh, and kind of depends about, if it's oh, if it's not very good at home. Oh, yeah. You got to get out. Yeah. yeah. Well, like Aaron doesn't like hikes. Aaron doesn't like the pho at home, so he gets to pho <laughs> out and about. That's where he finds he doesn't like. He can't eat anise. Something about mm-hmm. the fumes cooking it in the air made my okay. face all like got hives, and I was I didn't know what the fuck I had. I was trying to figure out how to cool the burning sensation on my face. So I this is maybe so your, this an, this anise is spicy, is what you're yeah, saying. Yeah, very it was spicy. spicy. Yeah. It was hey, spicy. hey, next. Would you time say it, you had some hot anise action? <laughs> <laughs> next time, you better stick with that cheese tortellini on those hikes. Yeah, yeah, that would have been a better, better, better move. Yeah, that would have been yeah. a much better move. Do you have like a visceral <laughs> reaction every time you see some anise? Is it like a? <laughs> is this like a problem when you're out in public? I think you should add some anise to those cheese tortellini hikes. I mean, make spice it up a little bit. <laughs> Variety is the spice of life. I, I do, you know, all these very dumb jokes aside, which I saw coming at a, from about noon today. Uh, and by the way, that's the best voicemail we've ever gotten. Sorry, all of Matt's friends. Um, <laughs> although I would like to actually, I would, if one of Matt's friends could actually call in and do that same call, but with the accent, I think it'd be very With funny. the Duluth accent? Yeah, be like, oh yeah, oh yeah. Uh, Aaron, yeah. just to let you know, Aaron can't eat anus. He gets all, he gets all red and blotchy, yeah? Um, but I do have to say, like, I, I like the idea that you think that you think that your rashy face is like eating too much salsa and you have to eat milk to like, you have to pour milk. <laughs> do you just pour milk over anything that like hurts I or what? I mean, I was at a loss, man. I didn't know it was, I was, I didn't know what to do. We didn't have anything else in the house. So but like in all, in all reality, milk. like water doesn't work like on spicy stuff. Like if you like you eat right. wings that are too hot and stuff, you don't drink water, you drink milk. Right. right. So that's is that what, what we were thinking? thinking? Yeah, yeah and if I get a bug bite and it hurts really bad, I pour milk all over it. Like, it makes total sense to me. I get it. <laughs> Do you guys remember that show, Man versus Food, where you would eat, like, the really big meals or the really hot stuff? Yeah. Maybe Aaron should have a new TV show where it's mm-hmm. Aaron versus Anis. And it's just Aaron, like, every episode is Aaron eating Anis in a different part of the world. I like that. Different Anis after different Anis. I think that's a great idea. 
<laughs> and I, you know what? And I didn't even say anything about it being star anise. So I'm pretty happy with that. I'm pretty proud <laughs> of myself. <laughs> it's really kudos to everyone involved. So, really, just thank you. I think you ever did, we showed did you great restraint. Show did you ever? Tr- oh, I'm going to be quiet. I, I'll have to tell Rob to delete it anyway. Move it along. <laughs> I don't know. At this point, I think it's everybody's about fourth favorite segment. Rolling, going. It's, 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 it's time to see what everybody's up to. Definitely not as high rating system Whoa. at the end. We have a lot of segments. We need more segments. Oh, yeah. All right, Russell, rolling going. How's it going with you? Rolling going. Things are going great. I was actually lucky enough to go on a trip earlier this week to Scottsdale for a work thing. So I got out of Minneapolis for a little bit. But as you guys know, anytime I go anywhere... I have these experiences at the airport that I just have to share with you and get your opinion on. Is this the worst ever? Is it the best ever? How would you handle things? Are we doing love or confusion? Yeah, we could call this love or confusion (laughs) of whether you love this at the airport or does it leave you confusioned at the airport? All right. We can do that. By the way, I'm going to say I don't love anything at the airport. I can't think of a single thing that the airport does better than my everyday life, like at all. Like if if you say to you, where's the worst possible place to have to go to the bathroom? I would say the airport is actually right up there. Where's the worst possible place to get a Cinnabon? I would say the airport is right up there. Where's the worst possible place to go with like your family and kids? The airport is right up there. Like the airport does. Can you guys think of anything the airport does well? Mm, big beers, man. Flies big beers, big places. shots. Yeah. Big Best beers? place to catch a flight? <laughs> no, I don't think so. I- <laughs> Why are you going to the airport? Flying somewhere? <laughs> I've flown private before, and it was way better. You just walked out of oh. the plane and got on. It oh, was now we're talking. Oh, okay. <laughs> I forgot. You live in New York. We we all forgot. You we live get in it. New York. And, and yeah. you're an American record holder. But, so all makes but flying so. private is also what I call eating anise. So that's. <laughs> <laughs> and that's it for that joke. No more. Okay, moratorium. Potato, potato. And I'm in charge. Moratorium. Russell, I'm sorry to interrupt you. Go ahead. It's all good. It's all good. So the first thing I started wondering is sometimes you see the TSA and they're always the same type looking people, right? A lot of them, it's kind of like a schlubby looking dude, semi balding. Mm -hmm. He's probably wearing a knee brace. You don't really know why he needs the knee brace (laughs) when he's he's just sitting on the stool the whole time. They're all, it's always, they're taking it very seriously. And I appreciate that. They're looking out for our safety, but I think I came across the person with the worst job at the airport. And I want to see what you guys Mm -hmm. think of this guy at the airport. So now whenever you walk in and you're going and you're waiting in line to go through security, a lot of times now there's the kind of the, the drug sniffing or bomb sniffing dog, right? They're walking yeah. the dog behind you as you're walking through a certain point. And I realized there's this one person whose job is literally just to wave their arm and constantly say straight through, don't stop straight through, don't stop. And literally their only job for eight hours is to tell you to walk straight and don't stop when the dog runs behind you. Could there be a worse job in the world than to literally just wave your arm and yell straight through, don't stop for eight straight hours? I would say that dog's job is probably worse. It's I probably was, just oh, Robbie beat me to it. Yeah, it's sniffing, it's sniffing, sniffing anus. anus all day long. Sniffing I mean, that's all I can smell. Every day. <laughs> I, say, I think it likes sniffing anus. Yeah, maybe that is what the dog enjoys. I, I, yeah. I do think, you know, the thing about the lines at the airport, that is a terrible job. I would say any job at the airport, again, the airport is the worst version of anything that exists in real life. It's just yeah. terrible. Any job there is terrible. I think, that the, but the, I do get mad. First of all, my gag at the airport, of course, with my girls is that I'm a guy who loves lines. That's the bit I do. And so when I see a long line, I go, yes. And I go really loud. I go, yes, a line. And then when the line turns 180 degrees and you're still in the line, I go, 
it's another line. And my girls are so embarrassed. They hate it. And then the other thing I don't like is that there's, they're always trying to gaslight me at the airport. And they always are like, take your ID out. This isn't going fast because people don't have their IDs out. I'm like, no, actually it's not going fast because we have 150 fucking people in this line and you have two windows open and all these x-ray machines are closed. You could open those all up and we'd go much faster, but Mm -hmm. no, it's the fact that I got to take up my wallet and take out my ID. Shut up. You're the problem. Not me. And I get mad. I get like legitimately mad. And every time I say to Jenny, I go, they're gaslighting me. She's like, yes, yes, I know. Just call (laughs) like Jenny's the one calming me down for once. And then there's the one guy who's always being a real anus and he takes forever to check your bag when it's going mm-hmm. through the, the detector. He does. What does he need eight minutes to check the bag for? Either no. open the shit up or send it through. What are we doing here? Have you ever flown with a uh, uh, creatine like a uh, supplement? It's a white powder. <laughs> no, I lifted oh, yeah. 752 yeah, really pounds yeah. on my yeah. squat last week without I, any supplements. I can tell you the anytime I fly with Jenny, she always has like 10 bags full of powder that's not labeled and we get stopped every single fucking time <laughs> wait why isn't she just bringing a new container why is she why is she got it in bags? i don't know but she puts in a bag and then jenny of course is a very she's very quick to anger like at the airport mm. there's been a number of times where amelia will do an impression of jenny at the airport where she says ma'am do you need to step aside and cool down because that's what they always say to her at the airport she's always yelling at people I got one. So the last time, it was a while ago, but there was one time when I was in front of a guy who's in front of me, right? So you go and it's always a race. Like you got to get that first bin and get your bin on the on the uh, conveyor to get oh, it yeah. through, right? right. Like it's yeah. just a race. So I, when they first had that out where you get like the four stalls, right? And the mm-hmm. thing just comes and mm-hmm. it's okay, you go here. So you go there. Well, they've got like the, the people were helping like put the, the TSA guys were grabbing the bins, setting them up for you, right? So yep. this guy thought he should be next right and like the the guy the tsa guy put it for another guy over and so the guy who th- thought that he should have had the bin it should have been his turn was like hey it's my turn and the and the tsa guy's like you know just we're we're all getting through this we'll we'll get through you know but but no i got to you know like he just started causing this ruckus for like 5 minutes so then the tsa guy is bored he takes the next bin sets it in front of me so now he purposely didn't oh, give it to this guy yes. okay so keep hold on hold on so then he finally gets to this guy, and this guy's like, man, that's just not right. That's, you know, like, you, you just, you know, so he starts giving the TSA guy crap, right? And so we get through the line, and we start going through, and everybody's getting their stuff through. Who do you think's been got flagged for a, <laughs> so for a check? Yeah. So that guy, because he caused glove. a problem, the TSA guy instantly just told his buddy, like, oh, we're checking this guy. Oh. So now this guy, he had to open up his bag and everything. So just keep your mouth shut and walk through and just say, yes, sir, no, sir, yes, ma'am, no, ma'am. Get through that thing as fast as possible. And for God's sakes, don't be a cheap bastard, Rob, and just get the TSA pre-check, get the clear. <laughs> You're in and out in literally 13 seconds. Bro, well, you like know, 100 bucks a year. You know, so. you know that when I'm going there, I'm going Delta Sky Club every time now. Yeah, it's the so best. Pay for that. Yeah, I pay get for that. Absolutely hammered when I fly now. Just <laughs> right. just fall over drunk with my two kids and a dog. I'm like, <laughs> and I eat Don't a ton of hot, hot dogs. dogs? So. Yeah, All so right. that that also helps so that, that I can go shit my brains out in probably the best bathrooms in the whole world with my wide stance. I do appreciate that the TSA people have to be hollering at people to keep moving, moving people along. A lot of people are not well versed at being at the airport. They don't know what they're doing. I get that. But sometimes the TSA people use no common sense, right? The one thing that really bothered me this time through is they're running the dogs behind these people. And there's about eight kids coming up that are between the ages of, you know, three and five, very young kids. 
And a few of these kids are terrified of the dogs. Like they're panicking. Yeah. They're yelling. They're hollering. They're like freaking out. Yeah. And they can't just move the dog away for like a eight seconds. They've still got to run that stupid, that fat man with the balding head and the knee brace <laughs> has still got to run the dog behind that kid. Like that kid's not bringing anything in, in that power Rangers backpack. Like what are we doing here? Russell, you're going to be flagged for the rest of your life. This is going out in the ether. You're going to be flagged for the rest of your I don't life. Care. Russell. Yeah. I don't Was care. this at MSP or in Scottsdale, Russell? Scottsdale is where they wouldn't call the dogs off when the kids were freaking out. Or Phoenix. Okay. okay. Yeah, I, w- I was at MSP once when the drug dog was there, and it was very, it was just over the top. They were they were waiting for flights from California, standing at the gates where the flights from California were coming in, then hassling people about drugs. And that whole thing is just silly. That's just a lot of people with the who don't know what's important in life. But beyond the beyond the drugs, though, there was one other thing I had to run by you guys, because I always want to know what you guys think the right the right way to handle this is how would you ever do this on a plane? What are your thoughts about people who bring hot food onto a plane? Not, not a oh, bag of chips, not a Coke. Milk. They, they bring it. a burger on the plane and sit yeah. next to you on the plane with hot food. What are your thoughts? Bring the stinky food. I think that's whack, but I think it's a power move. So go for it. Bring, <laughs> bring your, bring your tuna sub that you bought at Jersey Mike's in, in terminal C2 or whatever. Go for it. Power move. Stink up the whole plane. Those people should be executed. Period. They should be killed. <laughs> We're all in this enclosure. It smells. It smells terrible. And right away, they open up like they open up like a giant like thing of Chinese food. And I'm like, really? Like, I don't even mind the smell that much. But you're really going to do like you. That's what you need to eat right now. You can't just have like Ritz crackers and all spring that cheese. Like, just in the yeah. And in my the face all red and splotchy. I'm pouring milk all over my face. I'm yelling yeah. my I, I, anus anus. I always wish I'm the one that did it because we always bring peanut butter and banana sandwiches, which are delicious. But then you're eating your PB&B and somebody's having oh. a Big Mac and you're like, man, I don't know. That Big Mac smells pretty good. We we did that once where we brought peanut butter sandwiches and the woman next to us goes, my grandson is allergic to peanut butter. You should not bring those. Oh. And of course, Jenny does not handle this as well as maybe. <laughs> and I love my wife. I do. But Jenny goes. Is your kid on this plane? And the, the lady did say, no, he's not. And Jenny goes, what the hell's the problem then? Who cares? I'm going to eat this peanut butter sandwich. Good for Jenny. Good for Jenny. Meanwhile, I'm like one. trying to crawl into my seat somehow, like backwards yeah. down hey, into lady, the seat. you can kiss my anus. Yeah. yeah, no, hot food. Hot food on the plane is very bad. Jenny would always do the real power move to me where we had two young kids. And Jenny, every time, 30 seconds before we'd board the plane, would go get the biggest, hottest coffee she could probably possibly get. <laughs> And that way I would have to do everything on the plane because Jenny would be like, I can't do anything. I have the coffee. I'm so I'm putting, coffee. I'm putting the bags up because this was back when the kids had like car seats. We'd bring car seats on the plane to plug Ooh. it in because you could strap them in then and they would sleep. Otherwise, the kids would just roam around the plane, which is always a problem. So I had to do everything so people didn't get the scalding and Jenny would sit. By the way, we are flying in, in this next week going down to see my parents. Jenny bought herself a first class ticket. So I don't know what to say to that. <laughs> But I got to admit, when I'm sitting with my kids, it's like I'm in first class because I just sit in the middle and I take up both seats. <laughs> so you, so she's sitting first class and you and your two kids sitting back. Yeah, exactly. Wow. Yeah. Well, I, 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 she texted me and I was like, well, what am I going to say? So I just texted back. I was like, you deserve it. I mean, that's the only, only reasonable yeah. answer, man. Yeah. But th- would she buy you all first class ticket? Oh yeah. No, she would definitely do that in a heartbeat if I let her. 
Oh, she, you just say no. No, yeah. If trust me, if spending money on dumb things is cool, call Jenny Miles Davis because she's <laughs> that's her favorite shit. She loves it. Aaron texted us and he said, "Guys, my rolling going is so good this week. Get ready to." I did. And he said, "You guys can riff on it." Like he's never yeah. fucking heard the podcast before. Like he's just going to tell the story. We're going to be like, "Okay, Matt, rolling going." I could not believe. So I texted back, no thanks. I was like, I don't know what, I mean, you edited the last one. You know what the podcast sounds like now. Although most of his edits literally were, you said in the podcast, you were going to edit it out. I don't think you should. I was like, yeah, I know. That's the joke. (laughs) I was playing along. Yeah. Well, I wanted to give you guys a chance to prepare because I thought Rob, you specifically might have too many examples of what I'm about to talk about. And I wanted you to be able to focus on which ones are the best. Okay. But the first thing I have to say is that I ate a burrito this week. Is the first burrito I've had <laughs> in the entire pandemic. I don't know why. I, I don't know why I never had a burrito this entire, but we've been doing takeout what? once a week. I don't know why I never chose burritos. A burrito is so satisfying. I really, I encourage all of our listeners go out, get yourself a burrito, treat yourself one day. It's really worth the, worth the effort, especially in the Bay area, right? Like that's like burrito central, isn't it? Oh yeah, man. There's right. I mean, there's, there's all the regional burrito styles. Uh, and the, the funny thing was I ended up going with the veggie burrito because the guy at the taco spot was like, the veggie burrito is my favorite. And I said, yes. And the great thing was you feel way better eating three pounds of vegetables than you do eating three pounds of barbacoa. So I, I felt okay about that. I That's was happy debatable. with That's how that debatable. went. I'm 40 years old and I still, I'm 40 years old and I still constantly like, I'm surprised by how I feel after I eat garbage. Yeah. Like I'm still eating, a, I'm still drinking a ton of milk and afterwards I'm like, Oh God, I feel sick. Why would I do this? Dumb. Aaron. Do Dumper Mary, three pounds of barbacoa, three pounds of vegetables, or three pounds of anise. What would you do? What would you dump? And what would you marry? <laughs> I, gotta, I gotta marry the vegetables, do the barbacoa, and dump the anise. That's not even oh, a question. That's, right. that's, that's, that's quick. All day. Answer, that's, no that's, doubt. that's the answer. I think I think dumping is what the anise is for. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if it works right, that's true. I with my burrito, I was happy. As they say, I was as happy as a pig in slop, which leads me into my real rolling going, which is that we have a friend who moved into the neighborhood and they stopped by for some driveway beers the other night and they left their uh, bag while they were here. And so we, we walked over and took the bag back to him on uh, Wednesday and we were heading out for, our, for a walk during work. And he said, oh, are you going up to see the pigs? And I, we said, wait, oh, like, oh, like pig statues or something. And he was like, no, there's a live, there's a real pig that lives in this yard at this house up here at the corner of uh, Florence and Proctor. And we're like, are you serious? So we walked up there and sure enough. So I, I live in Oakland, but I live in a very, I'm actually nice to my neighbors. I would never call them pigs and then look at them (laughs) through the window. Like, I think that's really bad. I live in a very residential neighborhood. People in the Bay area do have chickens. That's not out of, that's not uncommon at all for people to have chickens, but we went up there and sure enough, there is a pig sleeping in the yard of this house. And it's a, it's a nice house. It's probably a million and a half dollar house. The pig's just laying a beautiful pig. I've never seen markings like this on a pig. Really pretty. Just laying out in the yard in the sun, taking a nap. I've never seen anything like it. So my question to you guys is what are some weird things that you've seen in in your neighborhood? This can, I'm going to take this a little bit different direction, but when you talk about the pig, having the, the pig as a pet, one thing I've realized now is a lot of people have indoor rabbits as pets. Did you guys know that? Yep. I have house? some, I have some yeah. a niece and nephew that do. Yeah. I, I, I went out with a woman and she had a, a couple kids and one of their kids, they decided they were going to take like the school rabbit home and keep it as a pet. 
Yeah. And when she was that. telling me about this, I was like, you got to be shitting me. You have this rabbit in your house. And it's like, yeah. Was probably <laughs> shitting. yeah. yeah. And it, it didn't go well after that. Yeah, I was going to say, how did that day turn out, Russ, when you asked your <laughs> kid has a pet and you go, you got to be shitting me. Well, it was going you well. You take care of another thought, living thing and care about it? What the fuck? Well, but like an indoor <laughs> rabbit, that just seems like a bizarre thing, but that's like a typical pet now is people have indoor mm-hmm. rabbits, right? Yeah. That's crazy, Matt. Big, big there, furry things you can hug and then it'll hug you back. There's you know, no way Matt have, allows an indoor rabbit in his oh, house. Oh, no. Those, I mean, those things shit everywhere. <laughs> can you imagine those? I mean, like... <laughs> Oh no! <laughs> I, I've got a cat that you know I care a lot. I just don't want to do any more kitty litter anymore. And that's like mm-hmm. in a little box, and it actually goes where it's supposed. You've been in a rabbit it's just right out there, running yeah. around in your house. Yikes! No, uh, I don't know, Russell. I, 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 you're not, you're not a pet guy, are you, Russell? Like, did you have pets growing up and stuff, dude? I can't even take care of a plant. How am I supposed to take care <laughs> of a pet? There's a reason I'm still single here. Oh, I thought you were raising that plant that was in your gutter for a while. I thought that was like your <laughs> hand-fed plant that you were taking care of. <laughs> I was fertilizing it until Matt cut it down. I don't know if I see strange things, but it's just, you know, people like keep things out too long or they, they think something's cool, but really everybody else you can, you know, is just like, get that fucking thing out of here. Like there's a, there's a neighbor around the block who's got his like 1978 Santa Claus, uh, display that is still like the plastic, you know, that and it's all mm-hmm. faded and everything. It's like still outside. It's March right now and things like that. And, I mean, and you're like, think, why did, why do you only have one thing in your yard? You need a dozen. <laughs> right. And why does it not like yeah. blow around? Yeah, this and, is very you know, small and quaint. You're so stupid. Matt, rolling going. How's it going with you? Oh, I'll try to speed through this here. We're getting the speeded up sign. So we'll uh, <laughs> see what I got. Um, I, I Matt's to... got notes tonight, Matt. Uh, yeah, I, well, I want to get going. We, I don't, I don't want to get. I don't want to get the finger shaked at me. So <laughs> let's see. I did a lot of things since we last talked. Um, I need to do. I, I watched. The, the full four seasons of Hip Hop Evolution, yeah. which if anybody has any, any musical, uh, you know, just like the, the smallest little tiniest bit of, uh, you know, love of music, you have to watch this entire thing. It is absolutely fascinating. Matt, where, so, where can somebody watch this? Um, oh, wait, no, I mean Netflix. You know, so <laughs> you can watch it on Netflix. Uh, I told Joe I'd get a few... T- Drops in here. God damn it! Is so it much produced work. by someone so famous? Are we me. talking like a Ken Burns or who, what's the nope, who's producing nope. this? Some dude. I don't. I don't remember the guy's name. I probably should know it, but the guy does a very good job of interviewing like every single uh, rapper that has ever been somewhat influential. And he goes deep and he finds like, he talks to like the, the very first hip hop party ever in New York. And I, Rosie probably knows where these places are, but you know, kind of how it goes from New York and then it goes out to LA and back to New York and then down South and then to Detroit. And then, to, you know, he, he does a great job of it. And it, I think it started out as like a, one season thing, and then it, it won a Peabody Award. That's how I found out about it. Oh, so, you're our Peabody yeah, expert. We are. Yeah. yeah, we have a Peabody expert on staff. So I, that's uh, what I just I said, owe, Aaron. Don't copy what I say ever I again. Yeah. And I also <laughs> noticed, by the way, Aaron, you're not laughing at my jokes as much. You need to pick that shit up. Oh. Stop saying what I'm saying and start laughing at my jokes more. Yeah, I've noticed that too. There's a lot of people not laughing at your jokes as much, Rob. <laughs> Matt, you're the- Matt, start laughing. What the fuck? No, Matt doesn't laugh at the jokes. Trust me, I edit this. I can tell when Matt laughs. Uh, Matt, so you're the Peabody expert, so keep going. Yeah, thanks. I appreciate it. There's two apologies I need. So we asked on Miles Davis, the, somebody said, well, where do we see jazz in, um, you know, everyday life now or music now? Mm-hmm. And 
our my dumbass, you know, didn't realize, and you know, like Raheem from Eric and Raheem, who will come up on I don't know somewhere in the late, uh, you know, before we get to a hundred, he's got an album and he said, "Look, I played jazz all growing up. All I do when I'm doing my rhymes is." Trying to feel, I feel, I'm feeling like I'm I'm playing jazz music when I, you know, that's all I hear in my head is jazz music, and I'm just trying to go along with the rhythm and the rhyme of the jazz music. So that's my, you know, for not understanding that, realizing that, I mean, that's just dumb of us to not realize that that's apologize, kind of where jazz. Man. Apologize to our listeners. Hold on, I got another apology. <laughs> so you're too. talking about the connection you know, between hip hop and jazz. You're saying yeah. that they're they're very yeah yeah yeah. yeah I you know, and I, I think that too, man. And I think it was me who was kind of talking about all the, you know, there's all these samples all over the place. And again, my dumbass, ignorant, didn't realize that the whole hip hop culture is based off of sampling. That's the whole, that's the where the whole thing came from. It's like the, uh, you know, it, it's just, it's the lifeblood of the hip hop world, right? Like they started by finding these old albums and kind of changing them and have all these machines and everything. And so I, uh, again is it's ignorant of us not to realize where that's at and you know i I think i was like well geez why they always sample that's where they get all of their beats and um it's just it's crazy to hear the stories in that that uh docuseries about how these guys would go to like these record sales at these uh hotels Mm -hmm. and like once a month i think it's at the road is it the is it the Roosevelt in New York or something like yeah. that? And it would open up at eight o'clock and they were talking like guys would get so crazy that one of them would go and he'd purposely, he lived in New York, but he'd get a room in the hotel for the night before and purposely get up at five o'clock to get down there while everybody's setting up and get in there early and stuff. And they talk about like, you'd go there and you'd see every major, uh, beat maker. What's the right term, Rosie. DJ, DJ uh, producer, yeah, producer, you know, these producers, you know, every single one of them was in there. So they have all these old pictures of you've got like Q-tip next to all these other guys. And it's like, holy cow, you know, this, that was the place to be. Yeah. Well, but yeah, but think about it because their goal was to find records that other people didn't know about, right? To find those unique beats. Yep. And so they were talking. Yeah. And so I think it, 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 you know, again, uh, I I need an an actual apology. Don't play the clip rob because it was our <laughs> ignorant ass my ignorant ass for not understanding how that worked you know but watching that i understand a lot more peabody award i went and uh you know realized that um childish gambino we talked about him last episode or yep. two episodes last, yeah, last episode. episode and so been getting into childish gambino uh found the song this is america and watched the video for the first time i am super late to this um, phenomena, I guess you could call it. But anybody who has not seen the video, go watch it. That should win a Peabody Award by itself, let alone uh, you know everything else that that guy does. So Childish Gambino, he's a genius. Um, what Matt else? Is got? Full, I, Matt is full on repenting. Um, and then finally, I my wife Sarah found this clip, and Rob, we got to get uh, over to the clip of. I, don't, I just want, I just fifty one seconds. I think it was on Jimmy Kimmel show, but you got to just hear the story. Billie Eilish and uh, one of her favorite famous songs, and how and how uh, it was constructed. So let's just just oh, listen I to this clip. Here, this is a crosswalk. What is crosswalk? So we were we've toured Australia a couple times, which is really beautiful. And um, in Sydney and Melbourne, when you stand at a streetlight and you press the the button all the time. Oh, yeah, me too. You press it over and over. Yeah, and you hear... Yeah. So when you're on a street corner in Australia, you press the button, and then when, it, when the walk sign turns on, you hear this, like, rhythmic sound that I, that I love and that Billy loved, and so we recorded it, and it sounds like this. 
It's got like it's it's, it's got a, like a like Australia. You hear that? I do like that song. Sounds like Robin. All right. So then you use that for the song "Bad Guy." Yeah, the thing people think are hi hats and bad guy is actually just that. Duh. How about Here's that? The, Hold up. What is he? T- that doesn't sound anything like a hi hat. Rob, you're gonna have to dub in know. a hi hat sound. He's full of if shit. You, if you if you watch the clip, if you watch the clip, so your your buddy, who's the drummer? Your Quest buddy Love. is the Questlove yeah, is Quest the drummer Love. for. They they show him and he is like his mind is blown because all of a sudden he's like, whoa, no way, you know how'd you get it? So it kind of just goes back to the whole sampling thing. Like you just find you find yeah, some, uh, rhythms. It, then I'm I'm wrong. I I already admit I'm wrong. If he's down with it, I'm down with it. Yeah, this dumb so, podcast has got me watching and listening to so many dumb things that I would never normally care about, and now I'm like making all these connections. Oh my yeah. god, it's terrible. Yeah. It's like one of those. So it's I like think, the stuff we learned about in school, like music's everywhere, right? Like if you just listen, that's awesome. Yeah. I never learned that in school, Aaron. That sounds like you what? went to some hippie school. Music is everywhere. I never once had a teacher say that to me. You went to the wrong uh, school. That's, that's all I got on my list, language. Rob. I did go to the wrong school. That was our motto. Uh, <laughs> blank high school, well, Rob, the wrong Rob, school. Rob, you brought up you, rolling going. How's it going? Did you uh, do anything exciting this weekend? Yeah, I will we tell you what. Truth. We better get yeah, the real no, story. That, that my, my, my powerlifting did go pretty well, I have to say. But more yes. importantly, you dumb shits. I told you, like, uh, I told you like a week ago. Or no, like three weeks ago, I was like, guys, we need to keep track of when we have an episode coming out around Easter. And all I got in replies in the text were, ooh, it's not a big deal. Don't worry about it. We don't care. We did this. Let's wait till later. Well, guess what? Now we fucking missed it by like a week. This episode's coming out <laughs> way after. And now we have to talk about Easter. So guess what? This is the Someone was a bad little boy. It's time for big It's time for the official around Easter and you guys were like no don't worry about Easter it's not a big deal well guess what now we missed it this this is coming out like two weeks after Easter this is a disaster you guys still don't understand what I'm talking about do you no clue I, I don't even know when Easter is I'm not gonna lie <laughs> right <laughs> I didn't know it was like next week or something I, the other yes, next like, weekend not this weekend not this well, week, but next. Why, the only reason I knew that is like, yeah. Why is we? Why why is it important? It's because we yeah. gotta talk about. Oh my god, we're talking about things on the podcast that people want to like talk about. Okay, I know you guys want to talk, talk about, about like Easter, weird neighborhood <laughs> stuff, or like clicking sounds out of thing. We other people are talking about Easter. We need to be in like the mind space. We should be doing this. Like they just Rob, had. Do Easter. you know what? Po- do you know what podcast you're you're on? Oh, this, are you sure you're? Yes, on the right I do. One? Unfortunately, that's a problem, and that's why I'm going to ask you guys now. By the way, Easter is such a pain in the ass for parents. I just want to say that right now. Once again, I understand why my parents were always so mad when I was growing up. Do you know how many fucking times I've bought plastic eggs? What the hell is my problem? How can I not get my shit together and just save the plastic eggs from year to year? Every year I'm buying like 50 plastic eggs and then you have to put like a starburst toys anyway. We were playing yeah. with, we were playing with plastic toys on the be- plastic eggs on the beach last weekend. Like they just end up as sand toys. You just like Yeah, make- they just end up Aaron's like putting in the them ocean. in turtles. Kills Aaron's like turtles. feeding them to sea turtles. Yeah. He's like, hey, eat these plastic eggs. <laughs> Damn it. Oops, I guess that one broke too. <laughs> Daddy, that's two sea turtles swimming upside down. Yeah, don't worry about that. Yeah. I was going to ask you guys, though, Easter, what is your favorite Easter candy? And everybody shut up because the answer is Cadbury eggs. Cadbury, Cadbury eggs. eggs are by far the best candy. Oh, gross. I, Hands down. 
What the fuck, Russell? Gross. I, when I go to a Dwayne Reed now, I literally gain like 10 pounds during Easter because every time I go, I'm like, oh, it's just one little egg. And like an egg to me <laughs> sounds healthy. I think it's because we grew up in the time where the, for some reason, people were paying money to have egg ads on TV. Remember that egg ad where they're like, eggs, they're good for you. And I was like, the incredible edible egg. Cadbury yum. egg. And I'm like, yum, yum. And then you actually think about what's in it. It's just sugar on top of sugar on top of sugar. Russell, what is your favorite Easter candy if you don't like eggs? I'm not a huge Easter candy guy. I, I'll go for one of like the hard, the dark chocolate, chocolate bunnies or some. The worst Easter candy has to be the Peeps. Oh, like I know little kids love Peeps, but as an adult, if you can eat more than half a Peep, you've got, you deserve to be put in a padded room. <laughs> there is something wrong with you if you're an adult and you can eat more than one Peep, right? Russell's nightmare yeah. is somebody getting on the plane next to him and eat, opening up a hot Peep. That smells really bad. Then eats it right in front of Russell. Russell's just going crazy. Your your answer for your favorite Easter candy, Russell. Let's be clear about this: is just dark chocolate bunnies. I'm gonna take. I'm gonna. I'm gonna switch it up a little bit. I'm gonna take the little eggs that are like the Nestle Crunch eggs. So it's a little chocolate egg with oh, a little yeah, bit a of one. a little bit of crunch in there. Now, Aaron, I'm sure you like black jelly beans because you know how much you love anise. But what what is your favorite? Um, uh, Rob, you already said Cadbury egg. I would have to say the Reese's peanut butter egg. That would be my my favorite. That's oh. not a Cadbury egg. It's it's so good, isn't it? It's it's oh, it's so it's the perfect. Size Can I of give Reese's. an incredibly hot take on Reese's? This like yeah. might get me kicked off the podcast. A Reese's peanut butter cup is the most delicious candy ever. But the second one is terrible. There's too much peanut butter and chocolate. Like if you get if you get the little like if you go get the Reese's and there's two peanut butter cups in there. The first one is the greatest thing ever, but the second one is just like too rich. It's terrible. Like they should only sell those in things of one, not packs of two. You're happy during Halloween where you're getting the onesies of them. You're getting the Lucy's. You're getting the yeah, that's, where the egg, yeah. that's where the egg is perfect. They don't sell the yeah. eggs in twos, do they? You can't do two of those in a row. It's Matt. What's your take? What's your Easter? I like peanut candy? butter eggs, and I'll eat as many of those as I can get my hands on. I don't know what you're talking about, Russell. I, I, I don't get that take. That's I'll just, I'll, yeah, I'll binge those. But then I also like the little malted milk balls that, you know, really are eggs. The Robin's you know, eggs. The, the Robin's eggs, you know, I'll take some of those around Easter as well. So, yeah. I, I'll tell you what, I also like jelly beans. It turns out I like almost every Easter candy. Surprise. I why, know are we talking about, why are we talking about Easter again? Favorite. Nobody knows. It, guys, good luck editing this because Rob's going to try to to segue, but we've not specifically congratulated Rob for setting an American record in the squat this past weekend. And you can edit it out if you want, but I'm proud of you as fuck. Congratulations, Rob. Rob, what, for our listeners, give us the third, the third high level overview of what what did you accomplish this weekend? Other than other than that whole yeah. anise eating, I, tell I the squatted. truth. You got to hear it. Yeah, my anus was my anus came like inside out after doing this, by the way. <laughs> but uh, the uh, I squatted 751 pounds, which is a new American record for my That's age. That's so much weight. Holy weight shit. Group. Well, it's I mean, if you do like by body weight, it's actually not that much for me. But. Are you are you drug tested or are there other people that are not tested that can lift more or not? So I did get drug tested after this. So a guy took me back at the first time ever. So a guy took me back in the bathroom and he was like, well, now I have to watch you pee. Right. And so, first of all, it's hard to pee when you just have a full erection. Like, you know how it is? Like, you have to like calm it down first. So said, first, first, of all, bird's yeah, first of all, I was like, okay, you know, me and this guy in the bathroom, I got to calm down a little bit. But then I literally, like, I had trouble peeing and I had been drinking water because I was like, I bet I am going to get drug tested. I've been drinking water like crazy, getting ready for this. And not only could I not pee with this guy watching me, 
first of all, I had to like bring my singlet down and it was like tugging up like under like onto my taint kind of. And I think that was like stopping it. It was like kinking the hose. You know what I mean? But then <laughs> no, I want to remind you guys, me. you asked about this. And then I'm already sorry I asked. Already but sorry. then <laughs> there were like four guys who came in the bathroom while I was waiting. And of course I'm so stressed out. I'm trying to pee. Like everybody's waiting. Everybody wants to go home They're I can hear them giving out the awards and they have to like wait for me. Cause I'm trying to piss into this. Well, cup. And they're coming, they're coming into the bathroom and you're the famous guy who just set the yeah, record too. And exactly. You can't pee. Yeah, yeah, exactly. And meanwhile, you can imagine how large your penis is after doing something like that. And you have to wear briefs <laughs> during this. So it's all like stuffed in there and it's, it's, it's going full bird's nest. And then every single guy that came in had the strongest stream of urine you've ever heard in your entire life. Like it was humiliating. I, like four guys in a row, they'd come in and you would think they're just like horses. They, it sounded like they were taking like liters of smart water and just dumping them into the toilet. I couldn't believe it. It sounded like they were filling a child's swimming pool outside. And meanwhile, I was like trying to dribble some out. Like it was just so it was did, absolutely humiliating. So did eventually did you provide the sample? Yeah, of course. I mean, I've, yeah. Oh, I, I get it. Have you, have you they, gotten your results back yet? Do we know if this is a legit lift or no, or? I, they have not. But I will say this. If I am on steroids, like if I'm taking steroids, I need to find new steroids. Like whatever steroids I'm taking <laughs> are the grape nuts of steroids. They are not very good. <laughs> Sir, you tested incredibly high for Cadbury eggs. <laughs> Is that illegal? No, it's just disgusting. We wanted to tell you. We're worried, your, actually worried about your health. Your nougat concentration is 10 parts per milliliter. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> All right. So let's get into everybody's least favorite segment. By the way, I have listened to this segment a number of times when I'm editing and I realize it's terrible. So I'm going from three things to the album to now it is going to be three sentences about the album. I'm shorting <laughs> it down. Eventually this will get cut out, but we, we're talking about uh, Back to Black. So I just want to give you three sentences as an update on this album. As an update, you fucking idiot, Rob, as a uh, overview of the album. Basically, this whole thing is about her. She broke up with this guy who eventually became her husband. Uh, and this was written right after that breakup. And so a lot of it is just her heartbreak. Uh, her, she had an album. She only had two albums, right? Amy Winehouse, obviously a, a tragic mm. figure. She only had two albums. The first album was called Frank, which is just a great. I, I love that name for an album. I think it's great. <laughs> but it, if you listen to it, it was very, very like jazz oriented. Her playing guitar, jazz chords on guitar. And kind of singing, you know, kind of Ella Fitzgerald over top of it. It sounds great. I, I love the sound of it. But this album was so big that they actually credit this for kind of a soul explosion in um, mm. Britain, including uh, Adele, which is probably the most famous example. Oh, right. I think yeah. we're up to Josh seven Stone, sentences. Yeah. That was, was that three sentences. <laughs> I, how <laughs> dare you? I see you over there counting on your fingers. <laughs> count count this finger right here. <laughs> Ooh, that thumb, that stubby little finger there. Look at that thing. I got my thumb out. Oh, it hurts my hands a bit. Look at that, though. I do have... You know what? I've been really thinking about this since that episode. <laughs> this is what it looked like. Now, when I take this middle finger and I put it down, this is what it looked like me trying to pee into that cup. Except yeah, it was more like this, more pinky. And the guy's like, you can't pee in this cup. That's pathetic. And I was like, eh, you, normally it works. I'm just nervous right now. I'm trying some new medication. You know, that old bit. Uh... So let's talk about the album. Let's get into Back to Black. And now I'm trying to remember how we do this part. It's All another right. short one, right? Only like, what, 34 minutes? That's what the guy at my drug genres. test said. <laughs> 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 I 
I'm really not very professional of him. He was, yeah. he was like, that. I know you're not on steroids because your dick is very short, but your balls are so big. Like, it doesn't make any sense. <laughs> <laughs> rehab. I mean, this is the song that I, uh, you know, when I think of Amy Whitehouse, I think of this song. And oh. When this came out, oh, yeah. it was like nothing else. I think anybody's, I mean, it was a wholly unique song in itself. So I th- this is what I think of when I think of Amy Whitehouse. And, and of course, listening to it now, like, it's such an upbeat song. Like, I, when this song came out, I was like, oh, this is fun. This is great. And then I think we all watched that movie, Amy. That's oh, kind of the documentary about her. And when you watch that and then listen to this album, it is just so hard to listen to her talk about what eventually is going to be her self-destruction, right? Like it's it's tough yeah. to listen yeah, to. Yeah, I always I always just enjoyed listening to this music. I mean, we'll talk about the backing band and the production. It's great. Her voice is great. She's shouting out Donny Hathaway already. But I never listened to the words enough. And she says later in this track, I never want to drink again. I only need a friend. And at that point, I was like, I'm done. I'm finished. I will listen to this for this podcast. And then I'm never listening again. It just was a dagger to the heart. I've never I've never been a big Amy Winehouse fan. Admittedly, I've heard a few of these songs, but I didn't even know they were Amy Winehouse songs. So I've heard I've heard this oh. song, but I had no idea who sang it just because I'm not really into music. And when I started listening, this whole thing like, was your crap, idea. I know well, these songs, maybe, and, maybe a and music I texted podcast you guys multiple times. I'm like, you. how? Like Matt was talking about Steely Dan or something. I'm like, how can you listen to that when you have this amazing album? And I was listening. I was so into this. And then you, Matt suggested checking out the the Netflix movie or whatever it is, Amy. And I watched that, and it just made me listen to this whole thing in a whole new light. It is so you just, just weep, tragic, right? and yeah. the demons involved there, and then like the the media just covering and making fun of her going through all these issues. It was so, so hard to watch. So, and it, it makes you look at this or listen to this through a whole different lens. So for those, for anybody that doesn't know, Amy Winehouse did die of an overdose or of al- I mean, overdose or alcohol oh, poisoning, poisoning yeah, I mean, like three knows. years after this album came out, which is why this was the last studio album of hers at 27, right? She yeah. yeah. Part of the 27. I mean, just, just a tragic story. We've had a lot of tragic stories on this, on this list, but this is probably the, the big one because a, it happened like when we were in high school, right? So it's something that we all knew about. And, uh, and I think B like you, you way saw, after that, right? Yeah. Way after, way after like, that. Yeah. Well, I, it took me like a while. Seven or something. Oh, like it that? took me a while, guys. I I was hanging. I was hanging out. You know, she died in 2011. <laughs> so like, okay, yeah. I was hanging, guys. Just because I was hanging out in my letter jacket by the trophy case. But she was singing about it. This whole album, if you listen now, is a cry for help. Every yeah, song yeah. has something rough. where she's telling you, like, I'm not doing well. You know, I do not recommend watching this documentary if you are a dad, because once again. Like so many of these female kind of ingenues, it, the the dad is the problem because he's like literally in the song she goes, "I asked my dad if I should go to rehab," and he's like, "No." And of course, the reason is, guess who was making money off of Amy Winehouse? Yeah, the yeah. dad. Yeah. It's, it's another Berenstein Bears effect where it's like dumb dad. Burp, 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 burp. I'm dumb the, dad. The worst part of that is she she's finally getting away. She goes to some island and she's relaxing with some friends and she's trying like mm-hmm. to get back on track. And her dad shows up with like a camera crew. Because he's making a documentary about himself, and you're like, "You piece of shit! Just come on, look out for someone else in your life." It's ultimately it's, it's her responsibility, but man, there's a lot of people involved that did not make I, it any I, easier, right? I, yeah, I, I mean, like, I 
we hear this all the time. I mean, I'm just thinking off the top of my head, right? Like Joe yeah. Jackson, Jackson Five. Yeah. Uh, I think like Britney Spears' dad, right? Yeah. I mean, like, yes, like there's, there's just, it happens all the time. I don't know if uh, um, there's a bunch of them. Right? Yeah, you're and right. To say, or, or, I, I know what you're saying, but like, it's just, it's not her fault that her parents are like this. And you weren't saying this, Russell, so I'm not trying mm-hmm. to say that. Yeah, but like, sure. you know, a lot of it was, I mean, you're just stuck and you, you, you have an outlet here. And again, to your guys' point, every every song is a cry for help, right? Yeah. And it's like the only way you can she can express it because everybody else around her is like making money off her and said, Oh, keep yeah. going. And here here's the outlet that it's finally coming out on. Yeah. So by the way, yeah. I do want to take this moment to promote my new podcast. It's called Beck Data Better Junior. It's me and my two kids. Uh, we're talking about <laughs> records. Uh, we do it actually after we record this podcast. So it usually starts about one in the morning on Friday. A lot of crying I have to edit out, but uh, it's actually you get that content. It's all about the content. Yeah. Listen, speaking of good, let's talk about you know I'm no good. Oh, this is a crusher. There's a Ghostface remix of this that I love too. So this is just me kind of spitballing. So she re- references Roger Moore, who's the Bond guy, right? Yes. But this sounds like a Bond type song, doesn't it? Doesn't it this does. sound like a a oh. 007 type song, oh, you guys? The, the chances of her at some point singing a Bond song would have been 100% if she yeah. if she would have kept going. I mean, there's no doubt. Adele did it. Now Billie Eilish yeah, has done it. She would have like, sang it over Adele, I think. Oh, yeah. yeah totally. There are a bunch of, you're right, throughout the whole album there's a bunch of references that are like very British things that Maybe you caught them on the fourth or fifth listen, but I think yeah. that this album, you know, probably speaks to people who were British even more uh, to their heart sure. because there's Absolutely. stuff that we miss that's just part of slang that we don't well, even know. And to that point, the next song, I love fish and chips. Right. Yeah, she says it, right? <laughs> I have bad teeth. Okay. Wait a minute. Oh, that's too Matt far. was just saying that. That wasn't part of Doesn't that. she say something oh. about chips and bitter? I, I got oh, it. I was, I, got, I, got I was making a joke. Mind the gap. In in you know I'm no good. She does. There's that whole line about uh, there's put another whole, shrimp on the bobby. Whole <laughs> section about you know, I'm upstairs with my ex man and Big he's ben. in the place, but I can't get joy. And then you know thinking about you in my last throws. That's when my buzzer goes. That's the best euphemism for orgasm we've heard in the first 33 <laughs> albums. Like that's outstanding. The writing here is so good. That's weird because when I hear real orgasms in real life, usually the buzzing stops after that. <laughs> Oh, there you go. It's clever. It's clever. It's a good joke. Also, I have to. I think that was a good joke. Oh, it's clever. I like that one. All right. So here's the deal is that that song was about her um, basically cheating on the guy, which she did. She talked about how she like ended up cheating on this guy to really put a total dagger in the relationship because they kept going back and forth. And she was like, I need to sleep with one of his friends to make sure it was over. All right, guys, you know what? I've heard about hanging with Mr. Jones, but me and Mr. Jones? Oh, kind of fuck you. Here. Just kill it. Here we go. Yes. Yeah. That is the best ever. What an opening line. Yes. And the backup singers? I mean, when you hear them doo-wop about Slick Rick, it's so great. And, and, and this song apparently is about, Aaron, correct me, is it Nas? Yeah. Nas is that, the, I didn't know it was about Nas. That's who it is. That. Nasir Jones is his real name. Nas is right. who it's about, Aaron. So were they dating that. or That's what? Why is it is it about? I, I think they were Nas? dating slash friends, kind of something in between, but yeah, that it's about Nas, Aaron. I, I everyone said they do out. share a producer. Salam Remy is a producer on a lot of these tracks, and he produced Nas's album Godson. So 
That's Speaking probably... of Salam Remy, you guys know what else he produced? When I was listening, I was reading a little bit about Salam Remy, and he, he worked with the Fugees, uh, Wyclef, a lot of really great acts. But you know who else he worked with? You guys remember the song The Hot Stepper by Aini Kamozi? Yes. Oh, yeah. He yeah, was the yeah. producer for this Where song. Check rock. this song out. I didn't know he produced this one. I knew he was he a regular guy. This, but I was like, I, I don't care what you Where say the about rock. the Fuji's album. This is the jam by this guy. It's a straight up jam. Matt, is this, uh, is any Kamizi, is he on this list somewhere? Uh, this song is better than any song we've listened to. That's a no. Cha 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 jang. Are, you, are we doing a, I know what both don't know. Are we doing a Salam Remy list, Russell? I've thought about it, but we decided not to because I just wanted to focus on Idy Kamosi the whole time. I saw him once and I said, Are you really the hot stepper? And he goes, Yeah, look at this. And he poured milk all over his feet. He's like, My feet are burning. <laughs> I'm the hot stepper. Excuse me, the Mr. Other thing I wanted to say about Salam Remy is that he got to start playing keyboards for Curtis Blow, who. Curtis Blow update. He is out of the he, hospital with true. his heart transplant. He's doing <laughs> oh, better now. God. Yep. Yeah, and I, I think saw he's him. Be okay. Yeah. I saw Curtis Blow. I said, "How are you doing?" He goes, "Oh, look at my heart. It's great." And he poured milk all over his chest. He's like, "Ah, it's so good. It feels good. It's a normal thing to do." Do you hear how weird it sounds, Aaron, when I say that to other people pouring milk on their body to cure things? You understand what I'm saying here? There's also a YouTube video of Salam Remy telling a story about what's the most famous song from the Fugees. What's the Matt? Help me out here. What's the Lauren Hill song? Uh, ready or not? Ready or not? Or one of those Fuji two La. songs? One of the most famous ones. Yeah. And supposedly, Wyclef called him and asked him about what they should do with the song. And he told him, and then Wyclef stole it, and he never got credit for it. Oh, really? Yeah. Killing Me yeah. Softly, maybe. Do you, do you guys remember back on the bully the right when one. people used to harmonize like this? Softly. It's yeah. Killing Me Softly is the Ooh. one that... Oh, shoot. I don't have that one. All good. I was ready. All right. Let's talk about... Guys, just like no, we this used... Is- this is way too I, personal. This next can we, song. Let's just let's just I, take a pause real quick. Yes. We'll edit so. Why? Why is his? Is it says Salam Remy? Is that what are we calling? Him, or are we calling him Remy Salam? What? What? Did oh, I mess did that? Did we up? fuck it up? No, it's Salam Remy. Yeah. Did I? Is that what we were saying? And I just had it wrong in my head. Am I? Am I having an episode here? Sorry. <laughs> yeah. I think, <laughs> I think you we've been correct. Episode. You guys were saying. I, Salam I'll tell Remy. you what. I will Salam. listen okay. back. Okay. I will rewind the tape. Let me rewind the tape right. Actually, let me rewind the tape right now. I pour milk on my face. Wow, I went too far. <laughs> no, interesting it, thing, man. I read an interview with him. His name is Salam Remy Gibbs. And yep. His dad was a music uh, executive, last name of Gibbs. So he didn't want to go by Gibbs. But Remy comes from Do, Do Re Mi. He's named after the first three notes of the uh, yeah. musical scale. Maybe, maybe we screwed it up. I don't think we were. I'll, we I'll, if, think if, if it is, I'll it's keep that good. in as an apology. Right, yeah. That's what I was thinking. Just somebody pull it up right now. It's Salam Remy. We're, we're good. No, but we can't. No, Aaron, you don't fucking get it. We can't remember what we said earlier. If we were saying <laughs> Remy Salam or Salam Ready. Uh, all right. So let's talk about, guys. <laughs> hey, stop laughing at me when we talk about the name of this song. This is terrible. <laughs> like, hey, this is too personal I'm going to talk about, right now, this guys. reminds me of my DVD collection. It's just the episodes of just friends okay i don't know how to that, that, at least it's not about you know that's better it's like a ska song isn't it yeah well yeah yeah for sure uh russell you you set me right up i wanted to say about this song this is this is to me it's interesting to me that this album is directly after lemonade on lemonade on the list because they both have this reggae influence to them and they're also 
albums that were backed by a lot of star power and great producers. And I love on this song that they just, they nailed the horn sound. They nailed every sound. It sounds like a seventies reggae cover of a soul tune. They just did all of their homework. It's a great detail. Am I the only person that accidentally listened to the deluxe version for a week and a half on this and then realized today that half the songs that I thought were amazing, like Valerie, Monkey Man, and all these were not actually on the album? Yes. Monkey Man's a Tits and the Maytals cover. No, I listened to those. those that, that deluxe version's got some fun covers on it. Ooh, I love Toots and the Maytals. Fun so tracks. good. Aaron, don't laugh at this, but we got a titular track here. Back to Black. <laughs> listen to this. I'll say every song on this album sounds exactly the same to me, in my mind. But I love the song. I think it's such a unique, like, it's it's this weird, like, modern doo-wop. How would you describe this music? Uh, or anybody? I think when I was reading about it, to me, this is the producer's attempt to kind of replicate that wall of sound, like the Phil Spector thing, right? Yeah. You've got all these things yeah. coming at it. And I was actually listening, and the thing that jumped out to me was kind of that there's a piano, and it's an electric piano, and it's actually a Wurlitzer. Have you guys ever heard of a Wurlitzer piano before, the electric piano? I've heard I the have. term, but I have to say I don't know what it means exactly. So the, the, the main difference between a Wurlitzer and an acoustic piano is that an acoustic piano, it strikes um, strings, right? But a Wurlitzer strikes metal reeds like a reed like a like a flat thing like a reed for an instrument and so i started thinking i wonder what the greatest wurlitzer piano songs ever were so i've got a list for you guys of the greatest wurlitzer piano songs ever so check out this list i can imagine russ just sitting around russ is on a date he's like have you ever thought about what the greatest wurlitzer songs are and the woman's like i need to go to the bathroom and you hear a car speed away Wait, you're mocking this. This is my A material, Rob. What are you talking about? (laughs) I'm so stoked. It's better than me talking about making fun of people that have rabbits as pets. Okay, well, next time you're on a date, tell somebody, hey, do you want to see my Wurlitzer and see what happens? I think one of the cool things about the Wurlitzer is, though, it has this sound, which kind of is very 60s and 70s rock and and R&B, and a lot of these songs on Amy Winehouse's album kind of call back to that, right? And so I think the the first song on the list is Ray Charles, What I Say. And if you remember, in the first song, Amy Winehouse references hanging out with Ray, and that's a yeah. reference to Ray Charles. So check out this song in the Wurlitzer. I oh, love the right. sound of this. Hey, mama, don't you treat me wrong. I did not know this was a Wurlitzer. It is. So this was in 1959. Hey, hey. Same year as kind of. And it was Atlantic Records' greatest selling song of all time. Why does this sound so much worse recording-wise than Kind of Blue? Like, why does that sound so clear and that that Ray Charles sound sounds so muffled? Probably has to do with money, right? Probably has I, to do with who the engineer was. And I will also yeah. say, now, I cannot listen to Ray Charles without having flashbacks of listening to that terrible Ray Charles album on that last <laughs> right. list. 50 right. country western songs by Ray Charles. I was like, how did this make the list? The interesting thing about that song was actually banned by the radio because there's comments. If you guys remember that song where he's talking with the backup singers and they're kind of like Mm. taking it from church and it was considered Mm. too erotic and it was banned from the radio all over the country. I was wondering why my pants came off during that song. Now I know it's too erotic. That's why why Rob shouldn't listen to it before his pee test. Next song on the list. (laughs) Next song on the list. And you guys are going to remember this one. Do you guys remember... 
I Never Loved a Man by Aretha. Check this Wurlitzer out here. Oh, right. And this is the magic chord. She hits that chord right from the start. Yep. Mm-hmm. And this is the song where she essentially became the Queen of Soul, correct? Right, this is what did it for her, yeah. I, I think we should call, call this segment Round the Wurlitzer. Wait, Round the... I kind of never now, just for the record, Aretha is not playing the Wurlitzer on this. It's someone named Dewey Spooner Oldham. And he also played on Respect with Aretha. Ne- Matt, he played on Harvest Moon with Neil Young, one of your favorite songs, no, am I correct? Good one. It's a good one. Oh, yeah. that's a fun connection. And Aaron, he also played for one of your favorite brands. He played on an album by the Drive-By Truckers called Brighter Than Creation's Dark. Have you heard of this? What? Yeah, I've heard of that one. Russell, you're just crushing this whole thing. This is amazing. So the Wurlitzer player with Shout with out Aretha Patterson played with his birthday Russell, what's some music that I like that this guy played on, maybe? Hmm? Maybe think about me for a second. I always get your bands confused. <laughs> the Talking Heads. I didn't see that they played a Talking Heads song, oh, right. so I skipped it. Rob has never Next heard a Talking Heads song in his whole life. There was a Wurlitzer or two on what's going on with Marvin Gaye, but we're going to go a different route. The next song on the list is Marvin Gaye. I heard it through the grapevine. You will recognize this immediately. Oh, this is that song by those California Raisins. Yeah. Wait, Marvin Gaye covered this? Man. So this was previously recorded by Gladys Knight and The Temptations, but Marvin Gaye is the one who really made it famous, right? That's the Wurlitzer. So well, there's good. some controversy between behind that, I think. What's the controversy? Oh, I think who who came out with it, right? Or who? I think Gladys Knight was first. The Temptations were second. Marvin Gaye was third. All within like a year. Now, where do those raisins fit in? By the way, you guys didn't laugh <laughs> enough at the California raisins. That should be an automatic. The Wurlitzer is a fantastic sound, but if you've ever heard the isolated Marvin Gaye vocals from that song, it will just it'll put you off of singers for the rest of your life. You want to you won't want to hear anything else. Uh, maybe you didn't hear my intro song where I sounded just like Amy Winehouse and I sounded you so sounded good. You sounded great, Rob. I got it. That's impressive. No, man. I was really singing reached, and I was like, oh, yeah. this is how I know Amy Winehouse is a very good singer because I sound like hot <laughs> garbage trying to emulate her. Doing Jimi Hendrix was much easier. Uh, no, I'll just that, put it that, that way. That sounded good, man. The next song on the list, do you guys remember Joy to the World or Jeremiah Was a Bullfrog as it's also known? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Check out yeah. the Wurlitzer on this one. 1971. This is Wurlitzer. Oh, it hits hard in this one. They get the Wurlitzer turned up. So this song was actually offered to the band Steppenwolf. Weren't they, weren't they bad to the bone or something like that? It be wild. Yeah. And they turned it down, and it ended up going to, I forgot the name of this band. I don't have it written down anywhere. Three Dog Night. Three, Three Dog, Dog Night. Night. So yep. the Three Dog Night put this on their album as a last-ditch song because they needed one more song. And some radio station in Seattle heard it, played it, and it completely blew up, went to number one on the billboard. It was a complete afterthought. I do want to say, we've talked with Matt about best karaoke songs. This might be the worst karaoke song you can ever pick. The worst? You have to Try be to hit able, that note. You yeah. have to be able to hit this initial. Okay, Russell, I want you to sing along with this initial. Oh, no, I don't care to do this. Okay, okay I'm going to try to sing along. <clears throat> All right. <clears throat> Red leather, yellow leather. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Bumblebee. And I'm going to cut out the music and you're just going to hear me sing on the actual episode. <sighs> Come on, Rob. You can do this. You're the best. Jeremiah. Okay. That was <laughs> <laughs> I, was, I was really trying to. One more time. We need to do it one more time. Rob, one more try. One more try. Okay, I'm I'm really trying here too. Mm, All right, you can do it. Jeremiah, 
Okay, my neighbors are going to come over now and not be happy. I think we should all have to try once. Matt, you're up next. Matt, will you try once? Let's fire it up. I'm a really good singer, guys. That was actually good. That was legit good. Aaron, you're up next. Oh, shit. Okay, here we go. This doesn't seem fair. This is like Obladi to me now. Hearing so many things. Jeremiah was a bullfrog. Was okay, a Russell. Good friend of mine. Okay, Aaron, we're only doing third. one line, please. Okay, come on, don't don't <laughs> make on. us look bad. By the way, Aaron sang that song for my wedding, and he ruined it. So. <laughs> uh, everybody's like, "Why do you have Jeremiah was a bullfrog as your song?" Like, I love that song. Uh, Russell, here you go. This is the only one that makes the final cut, by the way. I'm editing all the rest out. Jeremiah was a bullfrog! Okay, so it turns out I'm actually the worst singer in this whole podcast by a mile. I make all the, I make most of, of the parody of songs. That doesn't make any sense. Why are they called Three Dog Night, by the way? Has that ever been explained? I actually do have a yeah. story for that. You guys want to know why they're called Three Dog Night? No, no oh, thanks. <laughs> so it's actually an Australian saying where when it's cold out, you you sleep and the next day you you have to sleep with your dogs and if your friends ask you what kind of night was as you say it was a three dog night you had to cuddle up with your dogs. I had some nights like that in college. You know what I'm talking about. <laughs> there were never three of them though. No, there? There, was, there was most just, of them. Most of them. I would I pray a, for a one dog night. Most of them. Were I had zero. a two dog night with Steve and Zach in the same bed. I'm the only person to ever see. <laughs> okay, you there know. we go. Let's not brag about that. Yes. I mean, yeah. <laughs> humble brag right there. Yeah, really. The number one, Lucky. We got to get to the number one Wurlitzer song ever. And you know who it's by? We're going to jump out of the 60s and 70s and go to 96. The album is Odelay. Beck, where it's at. This is the Wurlitzer. Oh, Check oh, it out. Yes. Oh, yeah. yeah. Still there. This is just iconic. Uh, I am a huge Hello. Wurlitzer fan, it turns out. Yeah, right? Same. I love every one of these songs. An interesting thing. Andy Winehouse played the Wurlitzer on her album? Nope. Aretha Plant? Nope. Ray Charles? Nope. Who played it on this album? Bex played it. So when it comes to playing the Wurlitzer on hit albums, who did it better? Beck did it better. That's not even a question. Russ, that I think that might be your best list that you've ever come up with. I love You like it? I love the Wurlitzer, it turns out. That's a great one. It's so good. Uh, just like when I play my kids in Monopoly, it turns out that it's a love is a losing. Guys, I'm not doing this anymore, okay? I'm not making clever, <laughs> not even clever. Listen, love is a losing game, okay? Life is miserable. Clever. This whole album is a depressing slog. Whatever it is so when you just try to be clever and fall short, I don't know what the word term is for that. I don't either because I've never done it. This when you listen to the King's never been there. It's great. <laughs> when you listen to the deluxe version of this album, there's a version with no audio, with no instruments. It's just acapella, Oof. and that that version blows this version out of the water. I don't know why they picked this one. The other one is so much better. It brings you to tears. It's so good. Right? Don't do that to yourself. It's too much. God, this voice. It's yeah. so good. Oof. All right. Tears dry on their own. This is such a gutsy move. It is, isn't it? Because when you hear this, you're like, oh, ain't no mountain high enough. This is going to be awesome. But she kind of pulls it off. I don't, it's not quite the same, but. I think she pulls it off. I, I think. I agree. And she, she turns it around into a different feeling for a song that's so familiar to everyone. I got to admit, I. 
I kind of want to hear her say Ain't No Mountain High Enough I would love to hear her sing that I think it would be so good Yeah Right here Kicks down oh, this, this Bangs Russell, I think this would be a good... I, I, I want to get everybody's opinion on this. I think this would be a good car CD for picking up somebody on a date. Am I crazy for that? I mean, are you going out for drinks? Because that seems like maybe a questionable... I don't know. Choice. if somebody. I, I, are you dating people that are smart enough to make that connection, Russell? Oh, absolutely not. No Russell, way. All right. <laughs> I knew it. Oh, no Russell's only dating smart people. Come on now. <laughs> Dude, I... I, I didn't, it, it it took me like two weeks to realize I was listening to the, the wrong version of the album. And then it took me, a, it took me another week to watch the, the Netflix documentary about her and realize this wasn't as fun as I thought. It you were also talking to a guy who has listened to an entire Beatles album with one headphone on and wondering why everybody <laughs> likes it so much. So I didn't think we needed to bring that up again, but <laughs> no, I've actually got a whole list here. That's my next rolling goat is oh, all the great. things Russell's made a mistake with. All right. Just kidding. I'm going to get that with my mom when I see her next week. <laughs> Speaking of Russell's terrible life, here comes the next song, Wake Up Alone. <laughs> we just move it on and end this. Album. I've known that joke was coming all week, and I didn't know how to prepare for it. Oh. I'll, I'll make it. You don't have to make it. Uh, this is my wife waking up alone, and I sneak out to the living room before work. <laughs> I read that she did this in one take. That's pretty crazy, huh? Yeah. So this, I mean, literally all these songs are about this guy that she did end up marrying who turns out it was kind of a piece of trash. But can you imagine somebody writing an album like this about you? It would be incredible, wouldn't it? Like, I nobody would ever date me or be with me and then write an album about it, right? They would write an album called like, you know, like, what's that? What smells like mulch? You know what I mean? Like, Anise? Yeah, like, no, they would not write it. Well, maybe they'd write a song called Anise. <laughs> We should what have talked more about doing things in a single Rob. take when we did the uh, kind sweats of blue, when he sleeps. I mean, you're right that like <laughs> it's incredible she did this in one take, and that's what jazz musicians did every night. They had to go in and, and Rob talked about it. You got to do the whole thing live. So, Underwear on the floor. That would be a song from the <laughs> album written about me. <laughs> Underwear in the dog's gut. Yeah, that whole thing. He doesn't wash his sheets, you know, stuff like that. Like that would have been a very popular <laughs> song about me in college. <laughs> Naked Peloton writer. <laughs> No, that, yeah, that I don't know. That's a good question. Like, I'm, that I'm not song uh, I would write. How many times do you guys think you wash your sheets in college? Matt probably did his on the regular, but I don't. I mean, I was like a monthly guy, maybe. No, I don't know. Oh, Matt's mom let's, probably let's, did. Let's it not claim monthly. I don't. I don't <laughs> think there's any college kid in the world, any college dude who can claim monthly sheet washing. Probably no not, chance. Right? Oof. No. I'd, well, yeah, I mean, you got to think maybe every at least every two months because you. You started out, then you had like fall break. It's probably it need, you need a break. You need some and then sort of break. You have like Thanksgiving, and then you I have Christmas. This, up. And then this you was have a mistake. J term. Yeah. I don't want to think about it. This is this is the impetus of Matt's mom doing the laundry. He would just come back from college <laughs> and be like, "Hey, ma, I got this laundry." Uh, I, she doesn't do the laundry. She just folds okay, the laundry. Yes, she yes. Do the laundry. You say that a suspicious amount. I'm starting to think maybe she does do the laundry. I will say, Russell, that makes me feel so much better though, because I always thought I was a weirdo for not washing my sheets very much in college, but now I realize we're all weirdos. Well, yes. at least we weren't doing anything weird and smell emanating in those beds at that time. All right, some unholy <laughs> war. Smell emanating. Shout out the the guitarist on this whole album. There's some really good guitar work, yeah. and it must be uh, is this Binky Griptite from the Dap Kings who's playing guitar in this, or is it somebody else? Uh, I should have looked. Excuse me. 
Excuse me. Okay, now listen. We can't just say whatever we, we want on this podcast. We have to have some morals, okay? There's a guy you cannot say Dinky Griptite. Did you just say Dinky Griptite? Binky Griptite. Everybody knows guitar for the Depth Kings. Yeah. yeah. Oh. Because I was going to say, Dinky, Dinky Grip Tight was what the guy said to me when I was getting into drug test. <laughs> yeah, I'm I sorry, Binky Grip Tight. You're right. I, I, well, I, you guys were saying Binky. I know Binky. Everybody knows Binky. Dinky, stop. <laughs> Your grip's too tight. <laughs> Nothing's going to come out with it. that tight grip. <laughs> he can only. Rob, Rob, when he asked you if you could help, did you say, no, you can only hold her? <laughs> when he asked if he could help you? That would be great if you had Listen to this help. song. This is badass. There's a few uh there's a few live performances where the Dap Kings are with her, you know, like I think I'm trying to think of it as some oh well Gla- is it what's the is it Glostomy, Gloustony? What's the festival over in, in England? I don't remember. It was at a festival, you know, and so they've got the whole Fish and chips. Dap Kings and they're all dressed in their black suits and their ties and they've just, they've got everything down to a science and they've, they've got all the dance moves and everything and it is a live show that would be awesome to go they're to. It's too she, bad. Yeah. Do you think, does she have a positive legacy as a live performer? Because when you watch the documentary, there's a lot of, a lot of live performances where she showed up and was not in the mental, emotional, physical position to be performing where she's getting booed off stage, she's not performing. Like, what is her legacy as a live performer, I, Matt? I I think her legacy in general is is unfortunately her demise. Right, like that's her. Yeah. Like I mean, like you said, I didn't know a lot about these other Amy Winehouse songs until I listened to this album. Unfortunately, I what I know about her is what I heard, you know, like on late night talk shows where they're literally making fun of somebody with a substance abuse problems, and then it's like it's Whoa. brutal, isn't it? When you watch the documentary, yeah. it's brutal to see someone struggling with so much, and that it's a punchline for comedians. It's oh. it's just content for well, the media. It really it, sucks. It, it it's a it's just a friendly reminder, and we can never get too many of them. You just don't know what other people have got going on Absolutely. in the background. Yeah, just be nice. Yeah. Just yeah. be a kind person. Yeah, Oops. you guys, stop yes. being such dicks to me, please. Stop I got making fun on. of I'm people. On spring break. Stop trying to blow out other people's candles so that your shine's brighter. You know, just yeah. because you you might think that your that your friends will take it and they're not going to go and cry after the podcast when you're making fun of them. You know, they they might be. So you have to be careful. That was Matt's smart comment of the week. Ooh, I was giving the wrap it up side, by the way, just so, so everybody can see the visual joke. Yeah. That was like Russell's last date, addicted to what the dick did. You know what I'm talking about. All right, so we've got <laughs> the, the a, best is the best is that joke about my dating life was the most positive joke out of like the twelve we've made so far. Yeah. These other terrible ones. I, well, that's that's also the only one I think we've made, Russell. I think you made the other eleven jokes. That's the problem. I let you guys off the hook, so I didn't. You guys didn't have to violate Matt's rule of making fun of someone and then having them cry. Yeah, don't. We're, we don't want to blow out your candle, Russell. Here's the deal: she wrote a song basically about how you shouldn't smoke all of her weed. Got to give her credit for that song. It's such an odd way to end the album. I was listening listen today to the and I was deluxe like, version. It doesn't end like this. <laughs> yeah, no, you're right, <laughs> Russell. You're totally right. I listened to, to the deluxe version a lot too, and you like you love hearing Valerie and that other stuff. This thing ends and you just go, oh, is this dope? But it, there's not really a build, right? I mean, literally every song is really, really similar. 
Yeah. Oh, I don't agree at all. Do you guys think they're all similar? I don't think so at all. I think they're similar. I think you've got the like overall. ska, you've got R and B, you've got soul, you've got all sorts of stuff on this album. Boy, I don't you know. know. I feel like I, they're I think all made right. to be played in a smoky jazz uh, venue that can hold about fifty people. You know, I don't know. I, that's what I picture. You know, it, I, I suppose though, like looking back to this list, like if you go Lemonade was kind of. I think this is the problem with coming off of Lemonade is that Lemonade was so varied, right? Yeah. But if you listen, and then White Album, that was pretty varied. But like Jimi Hendrix, you could say Nothing that's all really. kind of a very similar song. Wu Tang, I think you could definitely say those are all pretty similar. I, I, I don't know. Maybe it's maybe it's a dumb. I, I think saying. you're both right because I think there are. Ooh, Aaron coming in. Russell's 100 percent right that there are. She's she and her team are pulling in many different styles of music, but mm-hmm. there is that Mark Ronson kind of put this sheen on the whole thing. So mm-hmm. there's definitely his fingerprints on it where the sound is similar throughout the whole album which isn't yeah. so different from other things we've heard but yeah it's, sure. it's definitely of a piece the whole the whole album i i love the idea of a doo-wop though where it's like you can so rosie has logged off and he has muted himself so this dumb shit has somehow pushed the <laughs> one button you should not push when we're fucking podcasting <laughs> so let's all say things about rosie that we think right now rosie right has here, the small I'm totally, <laughs> oh, okay i'm sorry about? <laughs> so uh, forget I said that. Okay, that's getting edited out. Yeah, from Rosie. I don't think you should actually edit this out. It's actually quite funny that you said you're going to edit it out and then you don't later. Guys, let's get into everyone's favorite. You know how favorite it is? Listen to it. And now it's time for a siren in the song. Wow. The very popular public enemy Back did it better. Rating system. We had one of the second song of what? <laughs> one of the second song of Lemonade. Oh, yeah. There's a siren. Oh, yeah, that's Wait. true. It's kind of buried in the mix, though. It's really down there, so. Pull it back up. Play it real quick. Yeah. Second song. Yeah, just play it because I want You've got it. them all right there. Don't you have all the Is there lists? A siren on here? It sounds like it's underwater. Hold up. They don't love you like a. L- I know. I just want to hear it again. No, no, no. Here it comes. What? There's not a Vuvuzela in here. Wait, do you see Vuvuzela? Yeah, point, point. That's a Vuvuzela. I would say Vuvuzela. I've been saying it wrong my whole life. No. Oh, that's a siren. Uh, what? I thought we were, we were going to have to go through the whole thing where Matt was trying to find a round. Remember that episode? Wait, wait. Here comes the round. Wait here comes the it. round. By the way, if you haven't listened to 56 hours of Beck did it better, you don't get that joke and you're not a real fan, so fuck off. <laughs> Oh, if you don't know that joke, we're glad that you didn't listen to that <laughs> yeah. episode, like number three or whatever it was. This is a lot going to be a lot. Everybody's like, what is he saying? Who, who the fuckery are our listeners yeah. anyways, if they haven't listened to those episodes? Yeah, I wanted to listen to this podcast, but I just could not it. get through episode one. Actually, episode zero. We <laughs> Episode zero. What a baller move to do an episode zero. So good. <laughs> All right. Is what some people would call it. Let's get into the final rating system. Folks, the rating system is not complicated. It's actually quite cool, and everybody <laughs> loves it. Uh, it is, is it a rolling well-toned? That means it should be a 33rd album on the list. It's great. It's awesome. Did it get rolling boned? That means that it should have been lower than 32. Now, I know what you're thinking. Lower than 33. Is that 34, 35? No. Lower is a lower number. So in this case, we're actually doing some subtracting. Okay. 
And not subtracting down the list, we're actually subtracting up the list, which makes sense to me if you're not, uh, if you're a pretty good math guy like I am. Or is this a rolling groan? Oh no, I shouldn't should have listened to this so soon. This I should have listened to this next week or maybe the week after, three weeks after, five weeks after, somewhere down lower on the list. That's a rolling groan. Aaron, what do you think of this album? I think... If it's, you think it's good, that would be a rolling well tone. <laughs> just to remind you, because I said that a while ago. And I, if you notice, I didn't say a lot of stuff about rolling well toned. I just let it go quickly. This might be my favorite bit of the, the whole day podcast. <laughs> I think Amy is an all-time great voice, but I think that uh, there are parts of this album that border on karaoke. And I think in terms of the list. Wow. Karaoke? Uh, the, so... Just a few albums we haven't gotten to yet. Uh, Nina Simone, Silk and Soul. Oh my Aretha God, we Franklin. haven't covered all the albums yet. This is a nightmare. Aretha Franklin, this Lady nightmare. Soul. Aretha Franklin, Young, Gifted, and Black. I just for fun, I listened to Roberta Flack first take this week. That's a great album. I know she's a Russell's mom favorite. Al Green, Let's Stay Together. Otis Redding, Otis Blue. Sam right. Cooke live at the Harlem Square. I feel like we've kind of gotten no, off I mean, on the side road of, of the <laughs> podcast. So, We're kind of meandering yeah. down Aaron's scenic drive. Here we go. Yeah, I'm just going down my scenic drive of soul albums that I love that should have been ranked higher than this album. So I, lo- I, I've enjoyed this album. I probably won't listen to it again because it's so heartbreaking. Um, but she is a fantastic voice. But I got to say, Rolling Grown. There's no way this is above those albums that I, that I mentioned. Well, and you had the same opinion about Biggie, right? Biggie and Tupac. You have trouble listening to them because you know how it ended it hurts yeah man it hurts it's hard i can't do Mm -hmm. it it's too tough yeah that's gonna be like people trying to listen to this podcast (laughs) after they find out it all ended none of us talk to each other anymore aaron's aaron's kid the only way he learns about aaron is through this listening to this podcast and he's humiliated to be aaron's spawn (laughs) dad i can't believe you went through that whole phase with where you didn't like anise my dad doesn't like to eat anise all millennials love to eat anise all night and day All right, Matt, what do you think of this album? Is it rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? Um, I just want to say that, Rob, you're... you're uh, thank you for what you're about to say. Thank you. I just want to say thank <laughs> you. Your description of how all this works, where if you wanted to be, if you think it's rolling boned, it should be higher on the list, yes. so that's, or lower, but it's a higher number. Mm-hmm. Apparently, that translates well to camera settings. And so if you need to like focus out, you need to move the number in. And so Sarah, my wife has said that because from your descriptions, she's now a better photographer because she could focus better based on how you described everything. So you're doing a public service uh, by wow. describing that every week. So can I hire your problems. wife to do a boudoir photo shoot for me? Would that be appropriate for me to do? <laughs> yeah, no, that'd be fine. All right. Cause I've got she's some, done a couple. I've got some uh, ideas involving Annas. <laughs> Who? <laughs> My good, unfortunately named friend uh, Annas. Yeah, I, I, you know, for most of for most of the reasons that Rosie said, I think this is rolling groaned, which means it's ranked too high. Should be lower on the list, but have a higher number. Did I say that right? Yeah, it's just, so you think it should be like thirty four, thirty five. Well, yeah, or even way back, you know, for, for that reason, I think the list is made, uh, you know, it's voted on by a lot of younger people now. And so they're 
their uh, bias, if you will, is coming in. They grew up with this album. They've heard it. This is one of their jams, and so that's why it's up there so high. So, no, I think uh, for the same reasons that Rosie, this is rolling groaned. Matt, do you think if they when they redo this list in five years and it fucks us over once again, <laughs> do you think... Because we're still not done with this podcast. Do you think this is still going to be a 33? No, no. It'll be like a Justin Bieber album or something at 33, and then we'll really have to have a discussion about it. So, Russell, rolling well-toned, rolling boned, or rolling grown? I'm going to go against the grain with you guys on this one. When I, like I listened it. to this the first Love time, it. Admit, I said this before, I d- didn't know these were Amy Winehouse songs. I've never listened to Amy Winehouse. <laughs> I just adored this album. I thought it was fantastic. And I was so into this. And, and I was saying, I don't know how you guys are listening to anything else. But part of me, I've, there are two things that have kind of changed my view of it a little bit. The first is I was listening to the deluxe version. So there were three <laughs> songs, Valerie, Monkey Man, and the original demo version of Love is a Losing Game, which were three of my favorite songs. But I, I really loved it. I, at one point, was ready to put this in my top five of what we've listened to on the top 35 or so far. I was going to put it up there behind What's Going On, My Beautiful Dark Twisted Fantasy White album and purple rain in the top five. Wow. But when I listened, when I watched the movie, the documentary, and I saw like what is behind this, it makes it really hard for me to listen back to it and and enjoy it the the way I was the first few times. So for me, because I screwed up on the deluxe album and now I know all the meaning behind it, I can't quite put it up in my top five, but I still think it's rolling boned. I think the album rocks. I would much rather listen to this than a lot of the albums we've listened to so far. Eh, wrong. You're all wrong. This is a rolling tone of voice because I, I'll tell you right now, every clip I played from this album was within the first five seconds of these songs and not because I'm lazy and I didn't want to find a good place in the song. It was literally because I think the most powerful part of every song is when it went from this music to hearing this voice just pop out of the speakers and it literally was like staring into a blast furnace i mean you would feel like this heat of the voice coming off it's just so powerful and i and i think yeah. one great part in that in that movie is watching her sing with her idol tony bennett and you hear just how oh. powerful she is i mean just yeah she when 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 she had it together she could just unload and it really if anything it makes you sad that we don't get to see more of her work coming out it would have been great to see what she could have ended up doing that's people people have to check out the documentary. I think one of the, the coolest and most heartbreaking parts was she wins the five Grammys in the one night. Yeah. She's in London. She's not in the States for it. But Tony Bennett announces that she wins the Grammy for best album or whatever. And she she's just like overwhelmed. And then she leaves the stage and she's talking to one of her like childhood friends. And she's telling her like, look, this isn't even fun when you're not high. And it is just like it goes from this amazing high to this amazing mm-hmm. just kick in the gut and stomach and it is so tough to watch well it's a lot like our episodes we start <laughs> right, off we start right. off with so much promise yeah. and then by the end you realize that the running joke was anise which we all knew from the very <laughs> second i heard that, that voicemail i was like well there's our running joke for the night don't need to look any farther and there's a good chance that on the next recording i'm going to play that voicemail again just to have the same joke over and over i think it's that good so congratulations that mysterious i'm sure so distant relative of Aaron. <laughs> Listen, next week we've got Stevie Wonder and Inner Vision. When you want to hear about the greatest albums of all time, <laughs> but you're just, just too lazy, lazy to look it up online, 
If you want to the next one, like during the day, because I'm trying to fall asleep talking to I've got the perfect podcast for you, Jack. Beck did it better. Guys, I know you're good friends. Do you think I need to go to the doctor? What the fuckery is wrong with my anus right now? You see this in the Zoom? Hold on. A little bit higher. Yeah. A little bit higher. Is that better? Oh, that's better for me. Turn Turn your camera. A little bit to the left. A little bit. Yeah, (laughs) Yeah. you might want to go check that out. Yeah. All right. Thank you. Thank you. I appreciate your friendship. How'd you get one of those cameras on a tube? I got to pick one of those up. (laughs) (laughs) We made it through the whole album without talking about keeping his dick wet with his same old safe bet. Good job, guys. Well, now oh, I'm no, editing. I'm we editing that to the beginning now. of the episode. Now that's how it's going to start, <laughs> and I'm going to start with like a message to Aaron's child. 